they're always going to be good though they're like they're like poster child's for they're yes. um, they're 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 reading soon that was shade but uh <laughs> 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 that was shade uh, but um i don't know if they love each other like that Read and Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Try that. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, everybody, to another relaunch. This is LZ. Hello, everyone. It's Keenan again. Yo, yo. How are you doing today, Keenan? I'm doing well. I actually had like a really busy week. So, same, same. That was exciting. My mom turned 50. Oh, yay. Congratulations to um, her. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. That was really exciting. I witnessed a murder. Girl, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I was so, so like um I was it, it's been snowing here in DC on and off a little bit. And you know, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh gosh, there's snow on the ground, but it like wasn't enough to like do anything. So I was just annoyed by looking at it. And so while I'm looking out the window, <laughs> I can see the street from my window. And so I'm looking out the window and like this rat, like this giant rat, like it's like the size of a Yorkie. It like runs <laughs> out into the middle of the street. But while oh, it's shit. like running out into the middle of the street, this hawk swoops down grabs the rat and is like clearly trying to like kill it and so i like start screaming because i'm like oh my gosh what um, kind of discovery channel shit is happening? <laughs> like it's i'm like freaking out and so as this hawk is trying to like get this rat in its claws and like i guess kill it and stuff or whatever this car starts coming down the street which clearly shakes the hawk up a little bit because it's shocked and the car is like driving very slow because you could tell the person in the car is like what in the world is going on <laughs> so the hawk decides to fly off with the rat in claw drops it halfway like in midair and like i'm just watching this rat like careening oh no <laughs> free falling to the ground oh no <laughs> and i'm just like screaming the entire time that it's going on <laughs> this is wild because <laughs> i don't know what else to do i'm just like watching this i'm like it's a giant rat like just falling in the air so i'm just like ah <laughs> so like even if the poor thing wasn't you know dead after being attacked by this hawk like surely it like broke its neck or something upon hitting the ground so i'm like traumatized and then it's snowing again so there's just the snow falling down on this fat dead rat in the middle of the street it was a very rough morning so, that is wild <laughs> the hawk did come back for it though so okay it wasn't sitting there all day that was good you know um nature is a wild place <laughs> you know, I just uh, well, you know, speaking of wild places, let's get into future state. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And get into these comics. So yeah. um up first is Future State Wonder Woman number two. Now I know you did not read this because I know that you didn't read the first one, right? So I figured you probably Oh, this is the Diana this. Wonder Woman. The Diana Wonder Woman, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and honestly, I don't really know why I did. <laughs> like, um, beautiful book. Beautiful. It is um, It is written by uh, Becky Cloonan with art by Jen Bartel. And um, wow. I'm sorry. It's, it was written by both Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad with art by Jen Bartel. And the art by Jen is 
amazing. Like I think her art is really like really colorful, and she does all her really colors like and everything. Style. Yeah, I like her style. Um, but the story for this kind of highlighted the kind of <laughs> descent I've been having with um, <laughs> with Diana. Oh, not just future stay with Diana, Diana because like, you know, I remember in previous episodes, I kind of realized that I really just like watching her fight. Like I'm not that interested in her as a character. She's just kind of badass to me. In this, it really proved that like she can do anything (laughs) because uh, the world is ending. Kind of like what I said in the last issue, um, she was fighting dark side and uh, she's trying to like, figure out how the world is like ending they haven't said what's going on but there's this like void stuff that is basically eating all of existence um so the last issue ended with her and superman and old man superman fighting dark side this issue um you see the ending of that fight and her and dark side have like a few rounds with each other whatever but dark side obviously comes out victorious um her she gets like thrown off and Superman and Darkseid have this like long fight and she's having this whole inner monologue about like hope and what Superman brought. They're trying to fight Darkseid out in space, which again, I didn't know she could breathe in space, but whatever. I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I like kind of go back and forth. I think I've seen some things where she has been able to breathe in space and I've seen some other things where she's used something. Yeah, I wish that was more consistent. Um, so... They're out in space fighting and Superman tells Diana, like, no, you don't need to come and help me fight this. Like, this is my fight. Let me do it. Uh, You know, they have that whole back and forth. Um, He's like, you know, you have to be the last one to help. They fight and have a full on fight in like the center of the sun Um, and dark side and Superman like die because the sun like explodes and the sun. Yeah, the sun explodes and like the void stuff comes and then Diana just kind of flies away. She's just like flying through space. (laughs) (laughs) She's just flying through space. She just decides to fly through space. Like, you know, the sun explodes. Yeah, she's like, Superman's dead, Darkseid's dead. I don't have anything else. Like, she's got Superman's cape that like, I guess, survived a little bit. Like, she got that on. Um, she's got a Green Lantern ring around her neck. She's got all these, like, a Batman utility belt, which we saw her go and retrieve in the first issue. So she's got all these, like, things of her friends from the Justice League. But, yeah, so she just flies around <laughs> in space okay. because, like, there's nothing left. All of space all of space is being taken by this void. Then she runs into the Spectre, who I don't know that much mm-hmm. about, but I think he's supposed to be this, like, big like spirit god thing or something right i don't really know what he gets what he is sometimes yeah but like he ends up telling she meets him and she's like oh you know i figured you'd be at the end and he was like you know i always expected you to come here like i knew that was going to happen i just waited for you to get to me because i knew eventually that you would find me um and which makes me think that wonder woman might end up becoming like the new I was about to say, Spectre. I think this might tie into whatever's going on with her in Infinite Frontier because I think they've shown some images of her in a new green and white kind of suit and she has like Spectre energy going around. Yeah, so I think that she probably is going to become the new one. So like she, there at the end, all of life is gone. They're in a Brainiac, like a dead Brainiac planet thing. Um, 
because again, Brainiac was already taken out by the void. Um, the Spectre is like, you know, I, th- I guess it's time for me to go. I knew that only one of us could still be here. And she's like, you know, I understand. He's like, I don't really want to go. She puts her lasso around him and was like, no, submit. And it's time for you to like go off into the next whatever. Um, he leaves and she's just there by herself. <laughs> and okay. she she ends up like fighting the void, but ends up being like taken completely engulfed by it but somehow i don't know through the power of hope (laughs) through the power of being wonder woman she like survives and she claps her um bracelets together and like explodes the void all completely away from her and like reignites the universe basically and it's like oh you know when you look up into the stars look up and see hope and it's they just have this like figure of diana like kind of just being there so you might be right it probably is going to be this thing where diana might be i don't know reaching a new higher plane of existence or something she becomes a new specter i don't know okay that's um i don't know it's too much for me (laughs) it's too much for me yeah, that's a bit much. I don't know if I um okay. I feel like they always kind of try something with the wonder characters to make them these very big like gods. Gods. Yeah. Like I mean, obviously, of course they have the Greek Pantheon connection, but I even remember Donna, you know, after they brought Donna Troy back back in the early 2000s and they started doing the whole harbinger thing for her. And, yeah. Like, having her get like cosmic awareness and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like this is that, but like times 10, because I think she's going to become like, I don't know, some cosmic balance of hope. I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. But again, I think I've already learned that I only really like watching Diana be somebody's ass. So, right, right. So <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> now, the backup story in this um, was the Nubia story. And, oh, yes, and uh, you liked the, the last one, didn't you? Yeah, the last one was good because I kind of was interested in what they were doing with Nubia. Um, however, this one, which was written by L.L. McKinney and art by um, Althea Martinez, I really liked the art. I thought the art was really fantastic. I, I think you may be right that DC Future State really might just be like an art showcase <laughs> because mm-hmm. the artists are really great during this. I'm not really sold on all the writing, but um, I thought that this issue showed that they are trying to do more with Nubia, but I don't really know if if Nubia can ever really break out because she is always going to be connected to Wonder Woman. And like she'll never really be her own character, but like they tried in in this issue to kind of explain what was going on with with her, and I guess um, she gets taken under like a spell, basically, and like trapped and kidnapped by Grail, who she had fought on the last issue. Okay. Um, now, when she like woke up and saw Grail, she was like, "Oh, you know." well, are you upset or something because I folded you last time? And when she said that, I was like, (laughs) why would she say that? But but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know why Nubia would talk like that, but whatever. Um, And uh, she's like, no, you know, I need something from you. And Grail uses some kind of magic to summon Cersei. 
and okay. uh, because yeah, because she yeah she needs help to get this tiara off of um nubia's head because i guess this tiara is like imbued with all this magic later on you find out that um her aunt or whatever who had helped her in the previous um i was gonna say episode <laughs> in, the, in the previous issue um was a part of this like circle of witches that were also all Amazonian. And I don't know if they all like were, had their own pantheons that they kind of like subscribed to and who they all kind of like uh, praised or whatever, because you find out that the, they were trying to summon this, open this portal, but something went wrong. And then they embedded, imbued all this magic in these pieces and they broke the pieces up one of the pieces ends up being Nubia's like tiara, but this tiara is like connected to Oshun, the African goddess. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So it was like, they were giving her her own pantheon, but it was still, I don't know if she's still like connected to Diana, you know, because mm, oh, in the, if they, if they still talk about her. She technically still be connected to the Greek pantheon. Right. So, and in this, they even mentioned her being like, you know, the lost sister of diana but they say it in a way that is do they mean sister like in the blood way that we had been told about nubia you know way back in when she was first introduced or is this a in the kind of arbitrary way of how the amazons kind of speak to each other um mm. but i don't know it was it was a beautifully drawn book um i think that i wish that nubia wasn't so directly tied to to diana kind of in the way that that they're doing with with Yara, where Yara is really her own thing. Like she's not connected to Diana at all. Um, I wish that there was a way for them to do that with Nubia or just make a new, you can make a new black <laughs> Amazon. You don't have to use Nubia, um, but it was a pretty good issue. Um, do I you think I, that should DC continue to do something with like Nubia post future state like if she got a mini or something like this is there enough in here that would kind of make you say oh you think you'd pick it up or do you have enough interest in nubia in general to pick it up and try no i don't have that okay. big of an interest in in nubia to um to pick it up and try it but that's just me i'm sure that like other people would, would maybe love that um, right. so if there I, I, so i do think that there's enough here to kind of keep going with nubia um, I just don't know if I necessarily would be interested in it because I do think if you if you could really push the whole, you know, her tiara is from Oshun and you can kind of give her her own pantheon of gods and like her own connection. She even has her own like aunt in this, you know, so. Oh, OK. It's so just she's got like family. Woman. Yeah, she's got family in this. Yeah. So I think that she's got like she has the things that are there for her to push her. It would just have to really be done kind of carefully to kind of break her away from Diana because what's the difference then if she's just Wonder Woman? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't want her to just be Black Wonder Woman. I would want her to be Nubia, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, her own, her own character. Um, so yeah, it was, it's interesting enough. I think that if you want more of a, of a Nubia, definitely go out and check this out. Um, and who knows, they could be pushing something with Nubia going forward. Um, all right, so up next we have um, Future State Nightwing. Now this was a pretty good issue. It was written by Andrew Constant and art by Nicola Scott. Um, 
And she does good Nightwing. She's she has yeah. like that iconic Nightwing cover. She does good. Oh yeah, she does a great Nightwing. And again, she was fantastic in this too. And uh, this was the another follow up issue. You got more of um, the Nightwing Batman dynamic. And I said in the previous issue that they don't really know each other, obviously, because this is a very new Batman. Um, <clears throat> and Dick is still really trying to do everything by himself. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I don't really need you to help me. I can do this all by myself. Um, the magistrate in this book sent out like this fake live footage to make it look like the, um, like these like, the the people who are going after all the uh, vigilantes to make it look like they had caught Nightwing. Like, oh yeah, we caught him and we're gonna like do things well for the people of Gotham. But really what happened was they were like trying to ambush him and burn him out of the building. And mm-hmm. so you get this like really interesting topic of like, you know, fake news and have this stuff was altered or whatever, uh, which was kind of interesting. Um, so Nightwing is like, no, I can do this all along. They're out here trying to like set me up <laughs> via the media. He uh, sends out this EMP to shut down all of the footage that's being filmed and all of the like those robot sentinel things that I had kind of mentioned that were going on yeah. in the Robert Eternal book. They had a few of those there in this. Um, so he shoots out this EMP and he knows that like coming soon, they're just going to like break in here and try to fight me. So he tells batman to leave and he's like i can just take this on by myself you leave i'm not even gonna run out there to try to fight them i'm just gonna let them come to me and batman again is like no like i am here to help you i let's do this and <laughs> nightwing is like all right cool well i guess the dynamic duo it is <laughs> and <Okay. laughs> they get out there and start beating people's asses but of course batman is like not paying full attention the way that nightwing is and um which i think was a, a really nice touch um, because obviously Nightwing should be the better fighter between the two of them. Yeah. Um, things start getting crazy. They blow up the um, the psych ward that they had been hiding in this whole time, and the resistance appears. And it is uh, Talia, uh, Huntress, uh, Robin, but it is uh, Tim Drake, Two Face, um, okay. Batwoman, Oracle who is uh, Barbara as Oracle now, but she's in her old like Batgirl costume, but in some different colors mm-hmm. and Batgirl, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Cassie Kane. Oh, okay. And so all of them come in as like reinforcements because things are getting kind of out of hand and Nightwing is like, who the hell called them? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I didn't call them over here. Like, why are they, I was going to do this all by myself. And Batman is like, no, um, you know, Gotham, you say Gotham needs a Batman, but these people also need a Nightwing. Like they need, the heroes need a Nightwing. So you need to be there for them. Um, you need to survive for all the resistance because you bring the resistance hope. And um, so he's like, okay, you're probably right. <laughs> Let's get up out of here. He gets into his like Nightwing car and like zooms up out. And uh, they end up having like the final confrontation with this uh magistrate character this woman who was like you find out that her her parents were killed in front of her by like the goons a vigilante was fighting so she ends up hating like everybody who is any kind of vigilante or anything like that so that's kind of what drove her down this path nightwing you know how his like 
his extremist sticks like can shock people too or whatever. Yes, love well, that and, and injustice. Right, <laughs> and and this he like taps them together and they like get connected by that energy and he turns them into nunchucks <laughs> and oh, uh, he starts fighting nice. her with that. I thought that was really really cool. Um, and yeah, so like he ends up winning or whatever, and him and Batman kind of go off, and he's like, you know, maybe you're right. I do need to like kind of stick around. So I don't know what they're doing with uh, Dick Purse. I'm sorry, post future state. I don't know what they're really doing with him. And well, he's got um, the book with um, Tom Taylor, right? I know that they're like read or he's coming on to to start with the book. I think at like 77 or 78. Mm-hmm. But I I was under the impression that future state was supposed to give you like an example of what's to come. But I don't know mm-hmm. if any of this magistrate stuff was has been popping up in the the bat books yet or not. It's been heavy in future state too. Yeah. Um, so I know you, you've also been reading like the Future State Titans Academy book, right? And I isn't did, yes. Dick kind of like Deathstroke in that book? Yeah. Is that supposed to like, supposed to be a future of this or are they kind of correlating? Do they ever give any type of mention of what's going on there? Because again, I know the Future State books are supposed to happen at different periods of time. Mm-hmm. But do they ever give any type of connection between this and that? No. That would be too much like right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not at all what happened here. I was like, wait, isn't he also in Titans Academy? So I don't know when any of this was supposed to take place. But isn't that DC? You know, you just kind of go along for the ride. That is true. (laughs) And again, like like we've been saying, Future State as a whole, it's more so just the artist showcase. For sure. And speaking of, um, next issue was Future State Catwoman. Ooh. With written by Ram V and pencils by uh, Otto Schmidt, and all about a quality like so. A, I think you talk about a dynamic duo. <laughs> I think you have said that um, you know you're kind of tired of Batman and like you're kind of tired of Gotham as a whole. I think that if this type of series is what I was getting in Gotham, I would definitely stay on it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, this, this was exciting. It was vibrant. It was different. Like. And it's not even one of those things where Otto Schmidt's art is obviously stellar, like his uh, action scenes, the face acting, you know, so much is just really great. The coloring is amazing in it, but like Ramby's script is also really good. It's heartfelt. You feel the characters, you feel the hope kind of at the end when um, Selena sees Bruce and, you know, yeah. she she feels like that happy, you know, it's just like shock, like, oh my gosh, Bruce is alive. Because again, everyone's starting to find out that like, that Bruce Wayne is alive and not dead like we've thought. You know, I right. love how Future State's turned into a Batman thing. <laughs> <laughs> it always do. I swear it always um, do. You know, um, and so we get that, you know, she sees that, but then she like slaps him when he makes a joke about, you know, how he's alive and he has more lives. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it was the, like, this is the book. I need to see this team continue on something post Future State. Definitely. This was a really, they have a really great synergy with each other. Um, and the book was great. I would love more Catwoman and Cheshire. I didn't know that was a duo that I thought I wanted yeah, before. That was, that was fun. <laughs> um, but I definitely would like more Catwoman and Cheshire if they could make that happen. Um, I appreciate that they are, they never overdo it with Catwoman and her fighting abilities because she's a mm-hmm. great fighter, but she's not Batman. So yeah. 
when they have her going up against like eight dudes, <laughs> you know, it's not like she's just going to walk away unscathed by that. So I, I like that. She's still like, even though it was eight dudes, she was still going to fight and put she up her. Up. Yeah. Put up a fight. So yeah, I really like this issue a lot. Um, I appreciated, you know, Talia and Catwoman being able to be in the same room. <laughs> and I love how like they kind of made, uh, Selena made a comment about that. She was like, you popping up, Supposed you're supposed to be dead, and like you're popping up with like some very strange company right now. <laughs> I know, right? She was like, "Now hold on, uh, you dead? This we bring it back in." <laughs> so I do. You bring a baby mamas? <laughs> right, okay. Um, Where you been at? Right. <laughs> um, I but I did like I really like the their their interactions with each other. Um, yeah. I this can't just good. praise I, this enough. It's a really great book. It was really good. And I also appreciate um Rambi's kind of range that he's showing. You know, he's been doing Justice League Dark a lot. So he's giving you like a lot of magic stuff here, there, excuse me. And here he's giving you more action, sci-fi, kind of futuristic. He's good. I like him. I'm And even in Swamp Thing, he gives you a lot of like deep psychological horror. I'm into him and what he's bringing to DC. And I hope to really see him continue to thrive. Yeah, I definitely like to see him do some more stuff. Is he exclusive to DC? I don't think so. I wonder. I hope not, because I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind I mean... him doing some more stuff than just <laughs> just sticking to DC. I would rather him be able to do whatever, you know, that's keep the, those that's options open. DC shade, but <laughs> no, I just don't. I, you know, I don't want him to be limited to just DC. I would like him to be able to write some some other stuff too. <laughs> Did you want to read about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read about Catwoman. Um, so if he was doing more stuff with that, but I like, I don't know what Joel Jones is doing with Catwoman right now. So just give more, give Ramby more stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next book on the list was um, Black Widow number five. Now, did you read this? I did. I really liked it. Me too, a lot actually. So this was um, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Elena Casagrande um, and Rafael de la Torre. And again, like Elena Casagrande, like the art is just it's good. <sighs> stellar. Like, <laughs> it was really my gosh. Good. Yes, I. It is so like visceral and like so. Um, the action scenes were great. The whole scene of like um, Hawkeye just like shooting various people. Oh my gosh! The layer, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, man. Like this was this was a this was a good comic book to look at, and it's great that Kelly's writing matched. Like it kept yeah. up. Like the, mm-hmm. the, again, like how we just said, Ram and Auto were a team. Like this is another team. Right yeah, here. and this was actually a really good arc for Widow in general. You know, I've kind of had my reservations about Nat, especially when she has her solo series. I feel like they tend to be about the same thing. We kind of get her like it's Nat against the world. Everybody thinks she's betrayed her, and we got to go through this whole spy thing. And so I'm I think about her going back to the red room. Yes, we always go to the red room. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I really liked about this was, that, and I think you called it early on, was that this series felt a little bit like the movie Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah. So it kind of gave you like a familiar spy feel for Natasha, but it also took her into a new area. And obviously here we are at the end and we've kind of gotten her to the spot where she's no longer really fighting for revenge or constantly going after people. She's like, it's time to do something different because I have experienced like this happiness that I was always felt like wasn't deserved to me. And now I had it. I see what it can be. Time to move forward. So that was a nice 
great, well-rounded arc that I think Kelly gave us for this. I think Kelly is really good at that with these characters that she's given, where it will be a familiar introduction to a concept that you probably are, you know about as far as mm-hmm. that type of character. So like, you know, you give, you give Carol the thing where she's fighting and she can't focus on just her powers or whatever. She's got to work through it. And then you push her forward. And with Black Widow, it's like, I'm going to give them the a long kiss goodnight kind of feel because I know people probably are familiar with that kind of spy thriller kind of stuff. But the purpose of this is to be able to really push Natasha forward and not really do the same kind of story that we've been doing. Um, so I really appreciate that from, from Kelly. This was really, really good. Um, I thought that the whole, I have a son and a, and a husband kind of thing was really good. And the way that they like kind of killed them off, you know, this opens up yeah. with the, with you being reminded that they were killed off um, or at least like, you know, we think that they may have been killed off and black widow is in this like trance basically because she can't believe she just saw her husband that she just spent this life with in her head anyway. And uh, her, this kid that she actually did like is biologically hers hers, just die. (laughs) And, you know, I did appreciate that black i mean winter soldier was like you know widow we gotta wake up like you gotta move <laughs> and yelena was like <laughs> yelena was like cut all that cute shit like <laughs> like we got to wake go. her up we gotta get out of here <laughs> and she like slapped her and was like wake up and and finally when black widow like caught that last slap she's like all right i heard you i thought that was so Elena very was like, well good. done let's move yeah that was good <laughs> yeah so I, and i was about to say you know i really love the way that Kelly did all the relationships that Natasha has in this book. You know, we've seen her with Clint and Bucky so many times. We've seen her with Elena a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, I prefer her with Bucky. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, we just, I just said that last on uh, oh, wait, you did uh, say uh, our um, relationship stuff, you know, and they had I like them together. Moment. They are cute. Um, but I love the way that she really reinforced the fact that this is Natasha's core group. Like, these are the people for her, and, like, they know her best, and they're always going to be there to help her. And, again, I loved at the end that Yelena, she she told her, she was like, you know, I'm going forward with my life. I'm doing all this new stuff. I love a little bit of company. You want to come along? And Yelena's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Like, let's do it. I did did like that a lot. I I also wondered in the beginning where um, the red guardian was there i never figured that he would kind of turn on her you know i figured that they would kind of be yeah. friends for, for a while so i like the explanation that you know he was in it because he wanted to just watch her or something but natasha was like i don't care like we gonna have okay. to f- figure that out like leave right now because i'm about to kill everybody else <laughs> but uh we're I'm gonna, gonna figure this out <laughs> don't go too far <laughs> i know I, I really like that a lot um but and also like you said that whole hawkeye like actually being in the rafters of the building yeah. and like shooting people with arrows was so well done um they're like trying to figure out these people who uh, have guns and stuff like watching them natasha is fighting and she gets to the main woman uh and she kicks her down and the woman is like oh yeah you know i can fight she pulls out her sword and <laughs> natasha just shoots her in the leg okay <laughs> moment <laughs> and was like you should have brought a gun <laughs> Like, we got time for that girl. Like, this is, this is the spy world. We don't do that. You thought I was for to sit here to fight you? No. I'm not Electra. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to shoot you in your leg and keep moving. 
um, so I really, really enjoyed this issue a lot. Um, I thought it was very interesting that her and Bucky had this moment in it, you know, kind of like I said, they're one of my favorite kind of relationships because I do think that that whole kind of tortured and broken spy thing kind of brings them together mm -hmm. um, and they really see each other and like each other. And I like that in this, they were like, you know, you are pretty much always my end game, but I got to figure this stuff out yeah. <laughs> on my own, which, you know, I appreciated that. And she was like, you know, I do think that I need time to mourn. And he's like, you know, I'll be there for you. So I do like, I like them together. I can see that too. And I, I think they are an example of what you always say you like, and that's people working on their relationship. Because mm -hmm. they're always going through something. So they're like always in each other's face. Like, what's wrong with you? I thought it was interesting that Hawkeye was jealous of of her scenario because he wasn't in it <laughs> you know like so um, her son's name was stevie right and um <laughs> like even her cat's name was logan <laughs> but nothing in there was named clint or hawkeye or anything so he was like you know i thought i would have been a bigger presence in your life so i thought that was i like that he is a <laughs> everyday person like you know okay. Yeah, Clint is just a regular dude. Maybe, maybe in the Mockingbird fantasy. Right. Not over here. <laughs> maybe even uh, in the Spider-Woman fantasy. Oh, they have a thing? Oh, they did have a thing. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but shout out to this book. I really like it a lot. I highly recommend for it. The future. What do you think of her? Um, you know, at the end, Black Widow debuts a new costume. We've already seen a couple covers of her. Do you like? I actually do. You know, normally I don't really like costumes with hoods because like okay. I don't really <laughs> I was about I to say, you know, because I love a hood and I was about to say right. you're always so against. <laughs> yeah, normally I don't really like costumes with hoods, but for this purpose and like where she was at the end of this, it made sense. Like the whole look felt right. So okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, like I'm it. really interested to see whatever they do next with her and like where she, where she goes with and the next line is here. Excited for more Yelena. And Yelena is here and she uh she don't take shit from anybody. So I think that's gonna be really, really, really good. Um, I'm excited for that. Okay, um next up, actually, you know what? Let's save that one for last. Next up, let's dip into mm -hmm. the X books. And it's cable number eight. And this was written by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto. Um now this book. This book, I have some interesting feelings about. <laughs> like the Summer's Family book. You love this book. You so you always say such good things about. It. Right, right. But sometimes things change. <laughs> <laughs> what? Some, sometimes things change because this book ended up having two things that I do not like. And oh wait, this is the issue that um I think I saw the solicitation for this. Dominoes in this book, right? And that's one of the things I don't like. <laughs> yeah. So you're not a Domino fan. I am not a Domino fan. And like, you know me, for the most part, I don't dislike a lot of characters. I'm just like mm -hmm. apathetic for them. It's just like, mm, it's whatever. They just don't do anything for me. Domino was one of the few that I just do not like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, I don't know. I Did liked her design? in the Deadpool movies. She was cool. I, but I think I just like Zazie Beats. <laughs> um, you know, but the character, it's she's she's too convenient for me. And um, oh, what powers. is 
Yeah, and like, what is the limit to her power? She can do anything. Oh, man, I, for, I forgot. You <laughs> she never loses. Power, you, love, you, love, you need a limit. Like, yeah, give me something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this book not only had Domino in it, but was heavy on the clones. And you know I don't like clones. Oh, yeah, so, you don't like clones. I don't know. You know, which is also, you know, and then um, it's interesting. Cable deals with a lot of things you don't like. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like which clones, makes me think I don't know how long I'm gonna be left on this book. <laughs> alternate universes, Domino. It's just like none of those things are your thing. None of it. Yeah, well, I was like, why am I still reading this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's because it's been a lot of fun. Like Young Cable is still, he's still a lot of fun, um, and and the character is is interesting to read, and uh, so in this book. He's like, you know, I need help, Domino. Like, I, something's going on. I need to figure out these kids that have been like kidnapped, and they end up going to Galador, which is the place where his sword is from. Oh, um, and they're like, oh, he's they're still got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's his now. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, so he's like there eating lunch with Domino, and he's like hold on, wait a minute, I see the guy. It turns out one of the guys who had been kidnapping kids was there. Um, and he follows after the guy and then he realizes, wait a minute, the guy like runs into this room, the door shuts behind him and he doesn't have like the access code to get in, which was weird for me because Cable is a very strong telekinetic. Why couldn't he just like open the door with his powers? That part. That part didn't make much sense to me. <laughs> so uh, especially with him being younger, I've always kind of accepted when older Cable didn't use his powers because he was supposed to be like using his abilities to stop the techno virus in his body. Um, so that just made sense to me where I was like, okay, cool. He can't use his powers because they're being used already. But younger Cable doesn't have the virus. So I don't know why he didn't do that. Anyway, I feel like he, that's something that's been like mentioned too in a couple of other books when Cyclops has made jokes with him about how he's not good at using his abilities or something like that. Maybe it, maybe that's what we're supposed to take away from it that not only is he young, but his powers are very newly like activated or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, he. Is trying to get in, the door won't open, and then he stops and thinks, wait a minute, the guy who I was just chasing after it kind of looked like me. And it turned out that that guy was a clone um, of him. And he like uses his own uh, retinal scan to open the door. Um, turns out Strife had cloned a bunch of kid cables and was gonna use them to break into Krakoa and like destroy it. <laughs> um, so he's like trying to, something. yeah, you know, strife. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be mad. So he wants to destroy stuff. Um, so older cable has to like defeat. All, I'm sorry. Older as in not the clone that was just activated in this book. So young yeah. cable ends up defeating all these clones and Domino has to figure out like which one it is at the end because all of them have been like laid out on the ground, but one of them starts to like wake up and she's like, I don't know which one of you are. And she like shoots at him. And then the real cable gets up and he's like, oh, you know, how did you know that was me? Like, well, was that she, part of your luck powers? And she was like, no, I just knew it wasn't you. Cause like, uh, <laughs> I know the cable. Um, it was her luck powers. Right. 
later on there's like one she's she ends up like counting all of them though because she she's the one who like kills all the clones with her gun and she's like wait a minute my gun holds like so many rounds but i used all of my rounds and um but one of them is missing because i counted how many people were in here so one of them got loose um so there was one (laughs) there was one cable who got away and he's like giving off this speech with with the our cable about how like you know strife is gonna uh, break into Krakoa, he's gonna do all this stuff and then a meteor comes and just like slams into his head and kills him and um oh they're like oh okay so did he just die from a meteor and like <laughs> our, our cable's looking up at the sky and is like oh uh is that sunfire like coming towards me who is this like reinforcement that's coming and it ends up being a meteor that slams and kills the clone and that meteor was Domino's powers. Um, Cause like, what were the odds that a meteor would crash in and kill this oh. person? Yeah. Okay. A meteor. It it ends with, it's, so in this book ends with like a kind of a post-credit scene of older Cable. And I can't tell if it was supposed to be like this young Cable, but grown up. Um, it was like the actual old cable the back. actual old cable back but so i don't know what's going on there um i don't know this book is losing me <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> although although it's a, it's fun where i can see that young cable's personality is fun it's just got a lot of things in it that i do not care for because i was about to say you know is, is this do you think this is more of an instance because like i said you've spoken highly about this book and kind of it's moonlight it's been moonlit as a summer's family book. We see a lot of Jean and Scott and Rachel and all of them in it. Do you think this mm-hmm. is more a thing as just this issue doesn't get your taste or do you just feel like where the story is going in general or where you can see the story going just no longer hits you? Where the story is going is not for me because okay. it's, it's looking like they're about to be time travel shenanigans and which cable is the right cable. And I don't care about any of that. <laughs> so you, If it was still the summer's family doing all of that? No. <laughs> no. We don't need the Summers family like gallivanting through time and doing all that. No. Now, granted, okay. they all, but they're about to be the X-Men right now, so they don't need to yeah. be doing all that. Which I still don't, can't figure out who really is going to be on that team. Let's talk about that. going to be on. Oh. Mm. That's a choice. Like, really? <laughs> Huh. Husk? Huh. That is a choice. Anyway, <laughs> so um, Marauders number 18 is up next. Now, this was also written by Jerry Duggan and art by Stefano Caselli and Matteo, Matteo Lali. And I had some issues with this book. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I um, this is a safe space. I hope so. This is a great a safe space. So I wanna I want to, you know talk about some things that went on in this book. Now, it opens with Magneto and Xavier um, arriving in Madripoor. They're like, you know, I've never really been outside of like Kokoro right now because they've been really busy with stuff. And why does Emma even want us here? Now, Emma is on stage with the Marauders and they bought up this area of land that was originally going to be this giant skyscraper uh, that the Verendi kids bought at the Verendi are like these, like, I don't know, 
teenage the hellfire kids brats, who are like right? yeah like the hellfire brats um so they're like you know we bought they were gonna buy the area and make this huge skyscraper the marauders or the hellfire trading company bought it and they built a hospital there now the professor xavier and magneto are sitting in the audience watching this unveiling happening and magneto is like why is proteus on stage that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. he is not on the marauders um turns out the hospital was called the moira mctaggart memorial so like um that's why he was there you know he's this the hospital that's named after his mother and emma's like you know um this is a hospital named after someone who was going to help people you know no matter your species if you could afford it whatever and magneto and xavier give this like kind of they clap along in the audience but they're like obviously they know what's up with moira (laughs) yeah i'm about to say that would probably be upsetting for them because they don't want people kind of starting to talk about her and ask questions about her figure things out Right, you can't let them get too close. And um, Shadow Cat is like, oh, thanks, Emma. Like, this is really going to help a lot with everything that's going on in Magipur. And Emma is like, oh, of course, um, it's all worth it just to see the look on Xavier and Magneto's face. I couldn't tell what that actually meant. If she meant, like, does she also know what's going on with Moira? And she's antagonizing them, you know? And she's like, oh, you know. I know what's going on with them. I want you guys to see that I know. And mm-hmm. um, we need to change some things around there. Or if she was just being petty, you know. Do you think it could also be like she genuinely wanted to see their face? Like as a moment of goodwill? Oh, that could be true. Yeah, it could be a moment of goodwill. <laughs> you just don't see that for Emma. I mean... <laughs> 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 but hey, she because she's been trying to be nice lately, right? So I just honest, I don't know why she would want to see what the happiness in their face of, <laughs> of, a, of a hospital that she built over, you know, Xavier's ex and the woman that they hiding underneath Cocoa. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. There was this really touching moment in it where they gave um, they gave mask from the Morlocks. Mm-hmm. They gave him this job on in Madripoor where he is going to, you know how he can change people's features and their faces mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. They gave him a position where he was helping with, you know how uh, babies can be born with like a cleft lip or something. He's like fixing it for parents and stuff who want that stuff done. Oh, that's really amazing. That's, yeah, actually, that that's actually a really good role for him, and especially for someone who like Mass, who's always kind of been a bastard and used his powers right. for bad things. It's like, oh, again, giving that redemption, that is what Krakoa is all about. That's what he, we're here for. And he walked in and was like, you know, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And uh, it was Callisto. He was like, oh, yes, this is the new doctor who's going to be there. He's like, doctor, I'm not a... And she kind of stopped and was like, no, let him do it. And this other doctor, this other legitimate doctor walked in and was like, oh, you're the new plastic surgeon like come in and show us what's going on like can you help us fix this and he does it and he's like you know you've got a new job now Callisto's like you know you got a new job it's time to change do this going forward and he's like you know maybe I can do this I like that I enjoy it now things take a turn (laughs) because um, Mm. now you have Iceman Pyro and Bishop and they're like going into this bar that they want to buy because again they're like buying up all these um, areas on Madripoor. It's like basically they're antagonizing the Verandi kids and also just kind of 
making a stronghold in Madripoor because I think they want to help affect the government that's going on there. Um, the Berendi kids unleashed their own Reavers. They got these new versions of the Reavers. And um, they're like, you know, the, the Reavers are these cyborg things or whatever. They've got these energy blasters and they come in, start blasting up stuff. Um, Pyro's fighting back. Iceman's fighting back. And one of them is about to shoot Bishop. And he's like, oh, I'm unarmed. I got my hands up. Don't shoot. And it felt like this, like, trying to be cute play on, like, the things that have happened with, like, uh, Black Lives. And I ain't like that at all. So I don't know if like a little if, meta commentary on. Yeah, it was like a, like a, yeah, it was like this weird like meta moment of him. He was basically paying possum like, oh, you know, I'm unarmed. Don't shoot me. And they shoot him anyway. And he absorbs the energy and obviously fries them back. Um, but like, I don't know. It felt very weird for me. Um, yeah, I feel what, like that's, I can see that's a little in poor taste. Yeah, very poor taste. I feel like if you if you have to ask yourself, should I put this in there? That probably means you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> Just do something else. You didn't have to try to have this very, very important moment of of trying to have this meta commentary on um, black and lives and being shot by police. You know, and I guess that's also kind of you know what we talked about last week and just black creators and how they kind of need to be at the forefront to tell some of these stories because um you look at it and it's you know i see what he can be doing with that type of role i have him like oh you know don't shoot i'm gonna absorb it and maybe i guess reclaim it as a moment but when you think back to it in real life it's like those people don't get back up exactly (laughs) they don't get to absorb it and, and get back up (laughs) <laughs> and so, but being a black person, you understand that more than someone mm-hmm. looking from the outside was. So it's just, it's yeah, it's just poor taste. Yeah, and this is one of those moments where I feel like if you, if you have to, if you have to ask if this is appropriate for you to do, probably just should. That means you don't have the, the like wherewithal to know what's fully going on with that moment. So just don't even include it. You could. If you want to, if you want a bishop to have a cool moment, you could have him have a cool moment. You don't have to do this. Yeah, you know, like, you know who doesn't have to say that. Like he, he absor- like we get it. His power is to absorb energy. Like it's going to happen. Every you know, people, yeah. people are going to shoot him and attack him and stuff like that. He doesn't have to use those type of words. So mm-hmm. especially when it's not something he ever does. Like Bishop himself is a cop. Right. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. See, so yeah, I don't know. I really didn't like that moment. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, this book may want to get back to writing about the white girls because I think that's where oh. he is his strong suit. I think that's okay. better. Stick to Kitty and Emma because uh, the Bishop content in this is just not it. We want yeah. an Acolyte's book for Bishop anyway. I want an Acolyte's book, but I don't know if we need to have Bishop on it. <laughs> He's going to lead it. It's his war college. Absolutely. No. <laughs> I mean, that's a good act. Actually, that's a good name for them to have after they graduate from the war college. It's a good idea. You got to let go of the acolytes being that um, team that you want it to be. I want want that kind of what you said, but I want the premise to still be them being like the acolytes of Krakoa. 
Yeah, that was. Sense. I still, I still feel that for like yeah. more college, like that. In my mind, that's. What I just Bishop don't want the, all the acolytes is. to be like a bunch of the new X Men or something. Oh no, no, I don't want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I a couple of the Surge and Mercury. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Obviously. Um, but I would also still like to see some other folks mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. in that war college like when i think of bishop's war college i don't think of him like training just new x-men characters i see any mutant that kind of wants to stand in defense of krakoa coming oh to okay see i was always just under the impression that it would just be like college kids you know what i mean like it's just a bunch of the like you know yeah no i get yeah, the way i read it it was like you know Wolverine and X-Men. the mutant i mean not the mutants the krakoa keeps getting attacked mm-hmm. while a lot of the X-Men are battle trained. We have an island full of mutants who are not. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of need like a backup group to be able to defend the island. And so it's like, that's what the war college is. Like anyone who wants to come and defend this island and be like this person, that's who you are. And that's what I want the acolytes to be. Oh, I love that. That's kind of the same thing that I was, that I had. Cause I think I relaunched them like a while ago earlier mm-hmm. on the, on the show and same premise, you know, uh, where they're like the defenders of acolytes. I just didn't think of it being combined with Bishop's War College. It's a great idea. Marvel needs to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last book of the week is um, Guardians of the Galaxy number 11, written by mm-hmm. Al Ewing and art by Juan Cabal. And Wow. No, I mean, does he I miss? Really, <laughs> you know, I know I might secretly be a little bit of an Al Ewing fanboy. And it's not a secret. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's this is just a really good book. I love all the stuff that he's doing with Peter Jason Quill. I've never really mm-hmm. been a huge Nova guy, but like this was interesting Nova stuff. It's enough to keep me into the book. I love. It's so funny you say that because n- me n- neither, and you would think so because I'm a guard, uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, player. like I'm shocked you don't love the Nova Corps. And I, that's funny that you say that because after I read this issue, I was like, I feel like I should be a Nova fan. <laughs> like you need to go back and read Nova. Are you about to have, yeah, you about to have so. your moment? Like I me with Star so. But I could, but I couldn't figure out. Like I don't know where to start with Nova because I think I read some of the stuff with him when he was with the New Warriors and stuff. So I don't know, but I don't know if I like Richard I Ryder think. as much as I like the core. So I don't know if there's mm. anybody else in the core that I may like gravitate towards, but I think the Nova core as a concept, that sounds like something I should like. <laughs> that sounds like I that definitely should. should be because I think about I like. um, when, when Secret Wars was going on and they had the Infinity miniseries with the Nova family. Yes, loved, loved, loved And we were that. really into the Nova family. I remember that. So yeah. I can understand that. It might be a thing. I don't know. You might like Richard. You just got to look at some of those stories. Yeah. If there are any Nova fans, please let Elsie know the Nova stories. Yeah, I liked, um, I liked, uh, what was the little kid's name? The young Nova? Sam. Sam Alexander, he was all right. One in Champions, right? Yeah, um, I think, I'm surprised they never really expanded on the core or like have a Nova core book out. That's weird. Um, no, they're, they're, even um, when they were in the MCU, it was very quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the Nova Corps, if there's something going on there, but I th- you're right. After I read this, I was like, I think maybe I should be a Nova fan because he was really, really interesting in this book. I like the like um, 
introspecting. He's like, I love that he's having a therapy session <laughs> in the beginning of this. I thought, you know, I'm a big advocate for therapy. So I thought that that was a really cool showcase that he is in the middle of a mission. He didn't skip his, his therapy session with his doctor. And, you know, they're talking about everything that's going. You're learning about the story through his therapy session. And I thought that that was really, really cool. I also still really love the stuff with um, Fella and Moondragon. Fantastic. <sighs> like, so the... it's funny that, like, just recently I talk about which couples I like the most. And, <laughs> and, this, this and now this week they're getting the show on. First, I get the uh, Bucky and Black Widow. And now I don't know what's happening to my girls. I don't know if they're going to make it. <laughs> oh, they're definitely not going to make it. <laughs> uh, Phila is letting you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. She's like, I don't know who this woman is. Um, also, um, so, I I guess I never paid too much attention to just how powerful Moondragon is as a telepath. Oh, yeah. Um, she's up there. Yeah, she's extremely powerful. Um, and the way that she's able to finesse through these minds is insane. And I love the visual that she had while she was in trying to get into Star Lord's mind. And she was like, it just looks like the sun. And it's like the visual that Peter they had Jason with him. Quill. <laughs> it was I really, really it. cool. But the entire time, you know, um Phila is like, Oh, are you done eavesdropping yet? <laughs> you know, calling yeah, her out. Just, on her. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely loved it. But yeah, they she takes her into the, her mind and like she's like, no, you don't you don't you don't dare get to share this memory with me. It's the one I had with my wife, not whoever you are. And this fella though is from did they ever say what universe she is from? They, they did um from, from it like, was like the during world. the miniseries when they first popped up. They like okay. basically say it's like a heroic universe where like everyone's heroes, but it has a number or something like that. Okay. Um so I do think it's interesting. I wonder if they're going to stick around, if she's going to stick around now that she is technically dating or who knows by the end of this, <laughs> the yeah. the moon dragon, her moon dragon and our moon dragon who have like merged into one. Um, yeah, I want to know what's going on there. She's like, they going through it. <laughs> there's also, I don't know if you saw too, like um, during one of the pages, there's like a small panel of Hercules and no Novar arguing in the spaceship. Yeah, in the spaceship. Yeah, the gays are having problems. <laughs> it's I not think it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The gays are definitely, you know, uh, just arguing. Place for the gays. Oh, and Wiccan and Hulkling are about to join this book. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I guess I never realized just how many gays are in this book. I love that. It's, it's gays in space, like literally. <laughs> I love Star Wars bisexual uh, now. It's like, yeah, everybody, yeah. We're here. I love it. Um, and I actually also loved the moment between um, Nova and Star Lord, where it was like Nova was like, you know, it's probably my fault for like bringing you back into this and bring you back mm -hmm. from wherever you were from, and he's like, no, you know. I was going to come yeah. back anyway, blah, blah, blah. And they like hug and embrace each other. It's like, you know, we're friends. Don't worry about it. And that was nice to see too, because, you know, as I've gone through back my Star-Lord rereads and stuff like that, I've kind of been trying to assess who are Star-Lord's friends and people who's really closest with. And him and Nova have some moments, but this was a really good moment between them and something mm -hmm. that you don't see too often. And it's like Peter doesn't have a lot of those moments with too many people anyway, yeah. um, out, especially those who are outside of the Guardians or the normal folks you see in the Guardians. So... Mm -hmm. That was really great. I'm excited to see where that keeps going. I loved the moment where Gamora shows up. 
and she sees oh, yeah. Peter for the first time. And oh, but he didn't he see her. Okay. <laughs> that out. Yeah, that's not who he saw. <laughs> no, I thought that was a really great moment. And it was really interesting, especially because when you go back to issue nine and he's first with the um folks in Morinus, you know, the other alien folks, and he's starting to fall in love with him, but they're inviting him into the relationship. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like, no, because he only has eyes for Gamora. And now here he is. He sees Gamora for the first time and he doesn't actually see her. Yeah, I love that. And I wasn't expecting that at all because I've always just been on the assumption that, you know, it was him and Gamora together, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I feel like this issue really hammered home the fact that <laughs> Ewing is like, I don't care what y'all knew about. Star Lord before this, but okay, it's, it's like we're 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 got Peter we're Jason doing this Quill now. right now. Yeah, but you know, it, I felt like it he emphasized. Worked. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I was just saying it also works just because of with the whole Master of Sun origin anyway. Like you mm. can kind of always now bump anything that Peter's done into like a false memory or a fake life. Yeah, I thought that that I didn't know that that was a thing with him. Um, uh, you're the Star Lord fan, so I don't know anything <laughs> much about him like that. Um, but I did like that the very like meta commentary that Ewing was giving of like, I know that y'all probably knew a Star Lord before this, but we are that's not we're taking away from the MCU that's like not. shenanigans. We're back to this, I uh, and, and I like that he also said that like it is it's not that that stuff didn't happen. Like it all happened. It made this who I am, but that's just not who he is now. Yeah, and I, I kind of want him to get a new costume, though. Compared to this one? Yeah. Yes. I get right now he's like, uh, you know, he's been kind of slumming it with the whole jacket and pants look for a while, especially with the yeah. few years. And now we've kind of got this space cosmic hippie thing going on. But I, I like something it's, new a little bit. They even still gave him just another jacket and, and pants thing. Yeah. It's just a different kind of jacket. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, he could definitely take something a little sleeker. This was such a great book. Um, what was your book of the week? Honestly, it would probably be between this or Catwoman. Really? Um, yeah. Mine would be also, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> or Black Widow. Yeah. Um. It could Love, be Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is the, the top choice, but right yeah, after it would have I didn't want to be Widow. obvious with that, because obviously. <laughs> 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 but um, I don't know. I just, I really, like, but again, like, that Future State Catwoman story, like, that's my speed. Like, yeah. that is exactly. I mean, some of the Black Widow story, technically. It was given. They, they were both... They, they were good. All three were good. You, you, give me some more time. I might have to come up. <laughs> okay. I have to do, okay. read them all over again. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of this portion. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back for the panel. Cool. All right, all right, all right. We are back, and it's panel time. So, you know, we had a little poll going on Twitter. Uh, We let you guys, the listeners, kind of decide what we were going to talk about next. And the 
winner doo, 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 was the gays. Whoop, whoop, whoop. The LGBTQIA+. Right. I know that's right. My and sister. just them in comics <laughs> in general. Um, so, you know, doing a little bit of research and going through and kind of trying to figure out some characters that I like and some folks that I want to talk about, I came across the realization I actually like a lot of gay characters. I mean, okay. I, which isn't a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but, but when I say that, I mean it in the way that there's more out there than like I realized mm. there actually was. You know, I think when you think about like gay characters, you think about really prominent gay Marvel characters like a Midnighter or a Wonder Woman because, you know, she's in the bisexual mm. thing these days um, or even a Star-Lord who's now bisexual. Um, mm. And you kind of forget about some of the lesser known characters who don't appear as much but are still pretty prominent or have had decent amount of runs. Yeah. So I was like going through, like I have a list of characters okay. that I was just like, but before I even get into some of those, who are some of your favorite characters called along the spectrum? Um, okay, so I I feel like I don't know about as many um, like the background of a lot of gay characters because a lot of them okay. don't get used, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like they're created in that moment or for whatever kind of reason and then they aren't, they end up being shelved a lot. Um, so I feel like some of my picks may be a little basic. <laughs> then I, don't have too many, I don't have too many deep cuts in here, but um, had to have Iceman um, on my yeah. list. You know, he's a top five character for me. And I, I know that there is like controversy with the way that he came out, but for me, it felt actually kind of real because <laughs> I've actually had that exact same conversation with somebody. Um, oh, wow. Except, except I was the gene. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's and, all right. <laughs> and um, the way that this sort of story happened was it was a, a good friend of mine. We're still good friends. And uh, he and I went to high school together, and he wasn't out in high school, but like people kind of thought he was gay. And then in college, um, when nobody really gave a shit and you were just out doing whatever. He and I were somewhere and we were like wasted, like college drunk. And he was talking about how like, oh yeah, like that girl is really hot. And I started laughing. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, what, you don't believe me? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. And um, he was like, oh, you know, uh, I'm not gay. And I was like, Okay, that's. I feel like you are doing a lot right now, and you don't have to. I've been your friend for at that point. We have been friends for like five years. So I was like, you know, oh, we've so been he had no reason to lie. Yeah, I was like, we've been friends for a long time. We were like considering uh, getting an apartment together, like in college or whatever. I was like, you don't got a lot of me. It's like, and, sister, if anybody know, I know. <laughs> and I was out, like I had came out, and I was like, you know, hey, um, before we like even sign a lease someplace, just let you know I'm gay. And he was like, oh, cool. And I was like. You know, what's up? <laughs> anything you want to share? <laughs> and that was it. So, um, I've also been in a situation similar to Iceman's where it's like there is a close friend who is like, Why are you putting on this front? I can already see that this is not who you really are. Um, yeah. and you don't have to be that way around me. Um, and I think with Iceman too, like his, his coming out was, um, something that I think he got to own himself because it wasn't something that happened in front of all of his friends. Gene really pulled him aside and was like, you know, 
I just want to talk to just you. It was the two of them together. And she was like, you know, I think you're gay. And he was like, no, I don't, I'm not. And, you know, everybody saw that scene. But um, I appreciated that when he had the conversation with his older self and was like, you know, you're right. I need to accept this. And it's crazy. It's it's not only wild to see my younger self be gay, but it's something that it's like, wow, I wish I was as free as you are right now, you know? Yeah. And I feel that that is something that needs to probably be reflected a lot more in his story. Um, Iceman isn't the typical kind of white gay character where it's just a bunch of, you know, RuPaul's drag race <laughs> jokes and stuff like that. He kind of came out like later. It, yeah. you know, it wasn't like a, um, it, he didn't like have that kind of culture with him. So it would be weird for him to kind of be that kind of character. Not to say that that's anything wrong with that, but just I never saw that for Iceman because of the way that his, that he kind of lived never- his life. I was about to say he doesn't know anything about it. He he should right. pop up on panel and like instantly. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that he's kind of like assimilated to it now. It's, I think that mm-hmm. was a big part of that solo series he had. But like back then, for him to just like pop up and start making those type of jokes, I get it. Yeah, and um, I think that there's a lot of story that you can really tell there with him, not only coming out later, but and accepting himself a lot later. But like what that means for him as an adult, you know. Um, so I think that there's a lot that you can really do with Bobby and his sexuality. So he was definitely, you know, on my list. Mm-hmm. Love some Bobby Drake Iceman. Um, <clears throat> another character on my list was uh, Apollo from Midnight and Apollo. And although we oh, both like love Apollo. them, <laughs> obviously, um, although I love Midnight and Apollo, I wanted to give a highlight to Apollo specifically because I feel like between the two of them, Midnighter probably gets the the bigger shine because he's the action oh, yeah. beat him up character, whereas Apollo is the one who's actually got the superpowers. <laughs> but he, I like him because you know not only do I like a character with common sense, I like a very chill, laid back character. And between the two of them, Apollo is the light in Midnighter's chaos. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I always really like those kind of characters who are just really just laid back and chilling, not really, you know, stressing over all the crazy stuff, but he's always there for Midnighter and they have a real like love for each other. And you saw their relationship, you know, um, while they were on the authority and all that kind of stuff. So I, I do really like Apollo. Um, And another character I love an LGBT character that I really like is Bling. Um, All right, come on, new X Men. Well, she's she's not really like new X Men, but she is. But isn't? Yeah, I don't know where she's you kind of. She's like new X Men, but not. I don't know where you like. Like she's in the class range of them, but she was never like in that book. She's a student. Yeah. student body. Right, a, another student, and I like her. Um, I like her background with her parents being rappers, <laughs> and she like you Which know. I really wish they would get into a little bit more. Right, I feel like there's a lot that you can really do with her there. Um, so I liked it that her parents are rappers and that she really didn't want to be a rapper. Um, but it's interesting that she is made of like this like hard, shiny substance, you know, like um, some bling, which I think yeah. is an interesting thing they did there. I think that she is one of the very few like lesbian ex characters that they have, like out lesbian mm-hmm. characters. So I think that there's a lot that you could really do with her um, and showing her as a fully like full grown like a lesbian character or one that's coming into her own 
Um, she I really like her. Not. Yeah. Um, and another character that I really like is Living Lightning. Oh, okay. Now, yes, yes, yes. He goes he goes by just Lightning. And I think I actually may end up doing a relaunch on him because I actually do really like him. And mm. he is a Latino uh, gay character. He's been out for a while, um, actually. Yeah. Um, so, but again, like a lot of the other gay characters that uh, I've said already and that we may keep discussing further, he doesn't get a lot of use. <laughs> um, mm. But the times where he is brought up, he's a lot of fun. Most recently, I think I had a lot of fun with him in uh, Avengers No Surrender, where yes. he came back around and he told her, he told everybody, like, it's just lightning now. Like, don't call me <laughs> living lightning. I got a new name, <laughs> got a new costume, new look. <laughs> he had, like, a lot of, like, good moments in that uh, series, too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, it really kind of gave him some highlights there. You really saw just how powerful he was with his lightning powers. And um, you got to revisit just how kind of cool of a character he is. But I wish that he wasn't shelved again. But I feel like a yeah. lot of the Avengers are missing right now. So... Um, yes, that is true. He could have a chance to come back around soon. Hopefully. Uh, I know Heroes Reborn is happening, and I heard that's supposed to be kind of replacing the Avengers 9 because it's supposed to be about, you know, a world where the Avengers don't exist. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they reboot or redo everything mm-hmm. once it's all done. And if the lineup looks a little bit more A, diverse, or B, how the MCU Avengers is going to look in the future. Yeah, um, I wonder what they're gonna do now because I feel like they should start like really pulling from their bench of of characters to really spice up the MCU. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then the fifth character that I liked, and then um, I'll pass it back over to you was uh, Zaven from The Runaways. Um, oh, I completely forgot about The Runaways. Yeah. So Zaven is like. I feel like Zaven was the very first time that as a young reader, because I think that this was back in like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like as a young comic book reader, then that was the first time that I ever was getting the allegory of like a trans character and what that kind of meant. And I really enjoyed um, that kind of representation for Zaven and like what they were showing as who they were, you know, how they presented yeah. themselves one way, but really they were another way on the inside and they could, it made it easier because of, because they were a scroll. Um, and I'm not sure why they always tend to kind of give that kind of cliche power to the trans Same characters. Character. Yeah. Um, but it did probably kind of help with that allegory where they were kind of showing that, you know, that they could change that uh, and what that actually meant. I would love if they got back, back, brought back around, but it looks like that's not the case because uh, Carolina, I think, is now dating um, Nico. Nico, right? So I don't know what I don't know. Think that they'll bring Zayvon back unless they bring him back for the drama. You know, <laughs> people well, like the drama. The drama. <laughs> so, but they did. They were together. She was dating uh, Zayvon before Nico, but. I don't know what Carolina is doing now. I'm not really reading the runaway. So if anybody else knows what's happening, let me know. Okay. So those are my five characters from LGBT characters that I really like. 
Okay. So, you know, like I said, I, I realized as I was going through, there are a lot of characters that I actually like. I did notice that kind of similar to what you said, that they tend to pop up and then they get shelled for a little while or we don't see them for too long or something happens. And in some cases, like with characters like Thunder and Grace Joy, who are yeah. on my list from DC Comics, you know, the universe Love gets Thunder. rebooted and we just, they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's interesting because a lot of the ones that I actually like, I feel like a lot of those gay characters who come in, you know, you said a lot of them are just shown as gay. And then there's not mm-hmm. really too much else that goes on with them. And as ends up being the reason why I'd never connect with a lot of them because, okay, you're gay. So am I, that's great. But I need to see more of, of you so that I can see if I can kind of connect with this character because mm-hmm. them just be, and I feel like they just show them being gay and then that's it. <laughs> and that's something I think that writers have been trying to do a little bit more of lately, especially mm-hmm. like even how we just talked about Guardians of the Galaxy and Al Ewing is basically writing the gays in space. I'm like, here you have all these people who, yes, they are gay, but you're seeing the relationship and you're seeing the like ups and downs of their personalities and who they are and who they're becoming and things like that. And I think that that has been a very big focus in a lot of characters lately. I do feel as though if we had a couple more writers across the spectrum who hit that, then we'd see a little bit more often. But then again, those characters also have to stick around. like just to name off some of the ones on my list, like I had Thunder and Grace. There is Obsidian, who we've both talked about, you know, from the early. Oh DC yeah, days. Obsidian's great. Yeah. Um, there's a Raz. They, really, they really should bring them back. <laughs> they, okay, like it's time. <laughs> <laughs> like they got rid of a lot of good ones. Yeah. Um, there's the new Giant Man, Raz. Um, like you talked about Midnighter and Apollo. There's Jackson now, Aqualad, Bling, Prodigy. There's Josea Power. From DC Comics too, there was Fade from Milestone. Josea Power. Oh like, yes, Fade. Yeah, Fade from Milestone Comics. Um, even like kind of when you go around, and you start thinking of like Image. You think of Ball and Anana. Pretty much anybody in Wicked and Divide. If you need, I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of hits anything in the spectrum of us. Then it's Wicked, Wicked and Divide, and Divide <laughs> is the book that you need to absolutely read. I mean, it's it's a fantastic read anyway in general. Mm-hmm. Like beautiful, but yeah. That is the one that's to the max. And it kind of gives you like every that It's the one that you want to read. Um, So, and I just think that's kind of been the problem. And it's like interesting because we actually have a lot of creators who are across the spectrum. I think of like uh, Steve Orlando, Phil Jimenez, Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Andrego, who wrote the Manhunter series. Um, Okay. Yeah, Andrego's actually like one of my favorites. I didn't know that. Okay. I, I read anything from him. He also, after the Orlando Pulse shooting, he started a benefit comic book. Like he got a bunch of creators to kind of like put oh, that's stuff dope. in. He sold it to send it to the families of the uh, folks. And so, yeah, he's amazing. But we just need a couple more. And it would be great again if when they showed up, they stayed. Yeah, I really need them to like not shelve them so quickly <laughs> after they introduce them because then it feels like they were just brought in to show that they have representation, but they don't do anything with the actual character, you know? And I'm not saying they have to be the star of the book, <laughs> but they should have some kind of personality outside of them being gay. Do you, how do you feel about kind of characters when they reboot them, they there and change their sexuality, like Jackson? For DC is one, Alan Scott, that Green Lantern, he was another one. They kind of like restarted the line. They were a part of the spectrum. Do, do you have a problem with them? 
being trained? Uh, I feel like it depends on the way that it's done. Um, I do think that sometimes the change for the sake of having a change is not good in my opinion because and then that feels like you were just doing this to shut me up (laughs) you know you weren't really Mm -hmm. investing in this character or in the cause you just want to uh shut this up and and move forward so i am not the biggest like aqua fan so i don't really know what was going on with um jackson or or his story (laughs) 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 <laughs> and like so i don't know if there was any kind of like seeds of that anywhere because um you know iceman was the same kind of way where technically it was a reboot where they or a relaunch of the character where they brought in something they changed him to being gay but like his history <laughs> like it pretty much kind of says that he was never really that interested in women so um i that kind of aligned with where he was going whereas uh, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, that made no sense because mm. he had never shown any kind of any kind of interest in him being some kind of a gay character. And yeah. when they relaunched him and started the whole Earth 2 over, he was a completely different character. Like he had a husband and who he like, you know, witnessed die. And that's how he was like so grief stricken or whatever. But it felt forced and it didn't feel like this was your intended plan wasn't to create a gay character you just wanted gay clicks or gay people to buy this book you know what i mean and so i feel like sometimes sometimes the change is warranted when it is a part of the story and it feels right for the character and you want to have that representation um but just doing it without also including the care and you're just doing it for the representation and it ends up feeling hollow do you so one thing i have noticed is that a lot of characters that come out they when they're put out as gay they tend to automatically be put into a relationship automatically (laughs) (laughs) um but what i have noticed is for most of the gay characters in relationships outside of like wiccan and hulkling most of the relationships acted actually tend to be very well written do you yes yeah yeah, I would say yeah. Do you think that not all of them, but some some of them, <laughs> most of them, like there are very few. I, like again, Wicked and Hulkling, I think is a bad relationship. I think that is not one that really gets into the meat of the characters. But I think about like again, like how we just talked about with Phila and the Moon Dragon. Um, yeah, they're great. Midnight and Apollo are constantly going through something. Um, Thunder and Grace, we saw them kind of go through the ups and downs of their relationships. And um, I don't think you have to go through something to validate the relationship. I don't think that like- You just want to see it in general. Just see it in general. I don't think that we have to see them fighting or be put through something in order for the val- the relationship to be valid. Um, because if they just have a very like happy relationship where they just support each other all the time and they just come across as these like great best friends or whatever that's fine too but i will want to see that (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) if they if they are this ride or die couple who they just always are champions for each other and um they just work then just show them just working because if you are just showing them on panel holding hands and then kissing and then they leave (laughs) you could do that with anybody um, so for me, it doesn't necessarily have to be that they are put through the ringer um, through their relationship. Granted, um, I do think that that's fair because 
a relationship is however many people trying to make it together and that's you know yeah bound to be some problems at some point because everybody's different but i don't think that you can just rest on showing them being gay or showing yeah. them having some is they don't always have to have issues either they can they can be cool with each other do you think when um gay characters should have like a time frame of being single like they need at least like two story, like three story arcs <laughs> before you can put them in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, probably to be, we should probably try to figure out what kind of mandate we could give them. But it's also a little like, bit of like real life. You know, the gays fall in love very quickly. Now, child. <laughs> child, it's not like they wrong. Cause <laughs> so you know, the gays, will, the gays will cycle through them. But I, um, I don't think that they, have to be instantly put into a relationship. Sometimes I think that they do that because that is the writer's only way to show that they are gay without being offensive. Mm. <laughs> um, I think the writer probably is like, oh, well, I could have them doing X, Y, and Z. And they may come to the conclusion that, oh, them doing that could come across as offensive. So I'll just put them in a relationship. So then like, you know that they're gay. You don't have to question it. We need, oh, we, I was about to say, we need like a good gay character scandal along the lines of like mm. Emma Jean Scott. Mm. But was the that gays would just make it work. Prodigy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was Wiccan With Prodigy that many people, and Hulkling. Make it work. Oh, oh, yeah, that did happen. You know, uh, Prodigy came into the in between them, right? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, but I feel like Hulk that was like. just like I feel like that was just a like, oh, I like Hulkling. They never really took that anywhere, you know. So it was the thing like, even that kiss. scandal didn't even go anywhere. I feel like oh, yeah. did did Wiccan Billy find does, out about it? Oh yeah, he knew. There oh. was like a, uh, one of the issues of Young Avengers. Like he actually approached Prodigy about it. He was oh, like, yeah. he could, he came to yeah, him moment to woman. <laughs> he came up to him and he was like, you know, like, I get it. Like, I see Teddy. I know who he is. He's like, but don't ever try it again because I will blink you out of existence. <laughs> I know that's right. And now he's um hooking up with his brother. So. Right. That, that's kind of messy. That's like some like Kardashian level scandal. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> didn't Black China do that? <laughs> like, oh, I just get with it, your brother. Apology <laughs> is, is messy. Oh wow, you know I appreciate it. We need we need we need a couple messy characters in comics. Yeah, shake and shake the table a little bit. They are very necessary. You know, I'm, I I would like to see a little um a gaze out issue in the X Men. Get a couple of those young, uh, mm. those young men kids out. That's Bling, Prodigy, Mercury, I think. Yes, do love She's her. She's dating Bling. Um, yes. Somebody else. Dakin, maybe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like the thing about those issues for me has always been, I wish that there was a little bit more, and I don't, I don't think a serious was the right word, but I wish that they fleshed out the characters more in those. Mm -hmm. And got to give the characters actual character moments instead of just them going to the gay club <laughs> and yeah. dancing. And, and, you know what I mean? mean? So, because you know, I'm a huge fan of like when comics do the girls' night out issues, mm -hmm. and like everybody kind of goes out and goes to the party or does whatever. Because, like you said, those tend to be great character moments. Mm -hmm. 
and we really get into the characters' heads and they have fun. I don't think that And not only do they like it's not always just fun because sometimes doing that they like butt heads too. So it's like yeah. and you really get to see their personalities in it. It's like, but so my thing is I think with a lot of the uh gays along the spectrum in the comics, they don't really ever have them hanging out like that. No, they don't. Outside outside of, you know, uh Gillian McKelvey's Young Avengers run, you never really like see too many of those folks hanging together. It's like, when was the last time like Shatterstar and, and that's one of the things that I miss about the old 70s comics too, was how much the world was interconnected. And like, you really mm. got to see everybody doing things like Cyclops dating Colleen Wing and like in the middle of a date, they run into Spider-Man. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when are, um, you know, like Shatterstar and Richter going to go on a double date with like, Hulkling and Wiccan. I don't, I don't actually want to see that. But <laughs> I don't see that ever happening either. But it would be funny see to see them, like, I don't know if they were all shopping at the same place or something. Yeah, but you, like, get, you get what I'm saying, right? It's kind of like yeah. having that. And I think that is kind of what's needed to, again, like you said, build those personalities and like have them bounce off of each other. That's probably hard to do now because oh, everybody's on Krakoa. Oh, yeah, and I know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's become like the little cute little twink <laughs> gay yeah. of the X-Men. No, um, so, oh, the issue it could be Northstar, Richter. I, oh, that was that was like Extremis, the Age of X Men thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like Northstar, Richter, and Iceman. Like that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what it in that book, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was a, but it was like a alternate thing. So it's like maybe not yeah. those characters. Maybe some no. I think that they could spice up a little X book characters, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could have them do a whole night out where they are. Maybe they have at the Blue Lagoon like a drag show night, and they go and see Dark Veil perform. Okay. That would be cute. Dark, while Dark they all Veil like have fun. conversations about like you know their their relationships and how they're like you know dealing with the stuff on Krakoa. I think that you can give them some very introspective stuff on them being gay. In like a nice one shot of, you know, that yeah. night on Kokoa, I could easily see them all going to, you know, support the Dark Veil drag show. Agreed, agreed. Um, Who I thought was a very cool character that they introduced. And I think that the internet and social media really helped keep Dark Veil alive and mm-hmm. drag queens like, um, you know, connecting with that character and, and doing mm-hmm. some stuff with that. Um, I've seen the Dex exclamation <laughs> when she did it. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool um, because I don't. I think that why not have a drag <laughs> character? Yeah, it was you know? just like yo, that was why like not? yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I like that she's been able to like still pop up, you know, and make appearances and stuff because she it really legitimizes drunk. her. Yeah, which was great because I know um, her creator didn't really leave on the best terms with Marvel. So no, I don't think so. It's nice to know that they're kind of like not holding that against her or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Who is your number one character along the spectrum that you would like to see in an ongoing series? Ooh, that is a solid question. A solo ongoing? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, I feel like I feel like it's gonna be cheap for me to just say Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like saying Iceman would be like, okay, Lazarek, calm down. <laughs> mm, I mean, if you like what you like, you can't help that. Right. I would say Iceman, but um 
I would say Iceman, but I would give him a different kind of angle with his solo story. Um, probably in the, I would fit it with Krakoa now, you know, whereas before they tried to give him this like, oh, I'm just coming out and all this stuff is new to me and I have to deal with the stuff with my parents and all that kind of, and all that stuff. I would like to think that that is now done. Like, right, we don't want to yeah. do that again. I would give Iceman a, um, a story of him, like trying to become more of a leader on Krakoa and yeah. what that means for him to be like the gay leader and how that mm. um, the younger kids will probably look up to him for that kind of stuff and how he feels that kind of pressure and, and, and stuff like that. I give him more of that. DC okay. side, I'd give Apollo his own solo. You can give Midnighter his own. I give Apollo his own. Yeah, because you know I would definitely give Midnighter a solo. Even though he actually <laughs> is who I was going to pick. I actually oh, really? would. Uh, I was going to pick um, Thunder. That Okay, that's so that's so crazy you said that because other than Apollo, I was going to say Thunder. She should yeah, have like, a solo. She, yeah. she, it's, it's like, I don't know what DC was thinking when they kind of rebooted them out. Like, that just did not Me make neither. sense whatsoever. Like, Especially with the fact that you're Black going Lightning. to have a a show that like yeah like I was his family like his family <laughs> is the draw of like a big part of his character and even mm -hmm. the um little animated shorts they did had yeah. featured thunder and lightning you know what i'm saying like his daughters are such a big part of his story and anissa became a hugely popular character in the outsiders mm -hmm. by judd Wittick and tom rainey if anyone if you need something to read go read that series mm -hmm. judd Winnick was great during that era anyway um, but you know, and like Thunder is one of those heroes where she's kind of a legacy character, but she's also really mm -hmm. formed into her own hero, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and it's, she's just interesting, even on the show, like she was such a huge breakout on the show. It's just like the yeah, fact she that was. she's not around anymore. It's crazy. Um, she needs to come back. I would definitely give her a book. Yeah. That's crazy. On the that Marvel side, I guess. I'd give one to Giant Man. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I really like him. Okay. That's fun. I feel like he... What was the last time he was used? So he was in... Leah Williams actually did a Giant Man miniseries during War of the Realms. Mm. And he was in that. And I actually... Did he pop up in Agents of Atlas? I think he's like dating one of the characters in Agents of Atlas. Mm. So he like popped up there. Um, but I would like to see him in his own book or teamed up with Blue Marvel. Ooh, that'd be fun. They had like a little friendship kind of growing in the Ultimate series that Ewing wrote. So that would be fun to get back into. That would be fun, like a little science team kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that was the gays and comics. You know, unfortunately, there's not too much to discuss. You know, yeah. I, I would say that I think when it comes to the representation that you wanted to see, it would best for people to go beyond the big two. Yes. Image, Valiant. Image books, for sure. Image is, like, great for it. Um, Valiant would be a really good area for that. The big two is not so much. But, again, the Wicked and Divine is, like, there. Mm -hmm. That's the one. The, and to kind of drive home my point, I feel like the big two have the characters. They just don't use yeah. them <laughs> again like i said when i was like going through and like kind of just looking up some different stuff and going through research i was just like writing characters down i was like oh i like this person oh i like this one i like this one and i was just like mm -hmm. but when was the last time i saw any of them 
Or right. if I did see them, when was the last time they did anything noteworthy? Right. Yeah. Even I think um, last week you were talking about one of the Future State books, and they mentioned they made a mention of like the H Dial and Hero Cruise, and like yeah. Hero Cru- and I was like, oh yeah, like that's the guy I love. He was a gay guy. It was great, and it's just like I don't think he's been around since the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. Yeah. See, it's stuff like that where they have these characters that they created and probably were trying to be diverse, but then they end up getting shelved because whoever comes in next is wanting to write whatever kind of fantasy they had to write when they were a kid. So um, here's to the future. You know, like I said, there's a yeah. lot of creators on the rise who are along the spectrum. And even now, you know, I've noticed Marvel and DC kind of looks to be hiring new talent every mm-hmm. now and again and really fit. And then hopefully these characters can continue to rise. And the ones that we have in prominent roles can become even bigger. Again, I think someone like Jackson over at DC is probably a good example. Yeah. He's going to kind of continue to be popular and rise again. would love to see Thunder come back. And some of these Marvel heroes, Wiccan and Hulkling, the guardians of the galaxy in general. Yeah. <laughs> Wiccan and Hulkling are always going to be good though. They're like, they're like poster child's for they're, this. Um, they're, they're, they're reading Sue. That was shade, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 that was shade, uh, but um, I don't know if they love each other like that. Read and Sue? <laughs> <laughs> Try that. Uh, because mm. Hulkling and Wiccan's love defies all. Oh, that's it's true. Saved, it, it I mean, that's kind of all they got. Once. Right. So, <laughs> you don't buy that. <laughs> right. This was the LGBT <laughs> <laughs> discussion. Again, you know, these are, this is family. These are people. These are all, that's always going yes. to be like Most something definitely. that's important to us. Very. And I wish that they got uh, bigger pushes. So, uh, Let's try to help her where we can. So <laughs> any, yeah, you guys, pushed. like, if if you want to tweet about any of these characters, please let me know. Like, I'll send you, I'll send you the list. And yes, we can, we can we can do like a campaign <laughs> every day. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right, um, so let's go ahead, and take a break, and then we'll come back for the relaunch. Let's do it. All right, and we are back for everybody's favorite part of the show. Another yes, relaunch. Yes. Let's get into it. You can go first. Uh, okay. So, okay. So, my relaunch is kind of like a relaunch in progress, and I would uh, I would appreciate your feedback on this. So, okay. The relaunch is for Enchantress. This is one of. <laughs> of let me clarify. Actually. <laughs> okay. This is actually one of many relaunches that I have for Enchantress. So I'm going to let you in on this one. Um, don't be surprised if maybe in a future episode I do Enchantress again with something else. <laughs> okay. Okay. A remix. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so this relaunch kind of ties into a greater Captain Betsy story I have. Oh. Or Captain Betsy relaunch that I have. And okay. in it, Enchantress is actually Betsy's like big nemesis mm-hmm. in it. And so we all know that Entrancious is like this beautiful, powerful goddess. And like one of her big goals is to kind of conquer Asgard. She's tried it a couple of times and she's failed all the time. Obviously she's got Thor and a bunch of the Asgardians constantly fighting her back. So with this, you know, she loves power. 
that's one of the reasons she's attracted to Thor is because he is like super powerful. Betsy now in this Captain Britain role is like kind of powerful. She has like pretty strong psychic powers, even though we don't really see her use them too much in her current book. And she also has like a lot of the strength of Captain Britain, all the magic and stuff that that suit brings. So that's something that Enchantress would be very much attracted to. You also have the aspect of the Captain Britain corpse, who are all alternate reality Betsy's, giving Enchantress her own little multiversal army. Mm, okay. So I what I would this. like okay. to do in this kind of like one of these relaunches for Enchantress as her being this big bad for Betsy, she is eventually obviously going to see Betsy and want to take her as her champion. And, oh, and okay. And, and in doing so, and like she kind of throws a lot of problems at Betsy to like make her a little bit more quote unquote worthy because in the end she knows in her battle to take over Asgard she's going to have to pit her against Thor and so she'll give her problems that are almost tests to make Betsy stronger and worthy and then eventually she'll come around take control of Betsy she might go to other world kill Saturnine but this will also <laughs> give her <laughs> this will also give her control of the Captain Britain corpse and she will then take the Captain Britain corpse as her new army to go and conquer Asgard okay so she enchantress is coming in and taking her own Captain Britain corpse to like come and get rid of yeah because it's Asgard like, and take them all out Okay. She wants to, she, and then she'll like do it. It's a An big, army of Captain Britons. I like it. It's it's a big story arc that I have, but like that is one of my things for Enchantress. I want her. I want her to be a Betsy villain. And then, Ooh. You know, okay. And, you know, and then like Enchantress loves love and beauty, and Betsy is like a beautiful woman. She's a supermodel. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we can get a little bit of like some bisexual love affair stuff going Ooh. on there. You know. Okay. A little, a little tantalizing. Okay. Um, some tension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's one of my relaunches for Enchantress is a part of a greater Captain Britain story. She is the main villain in that. She comes in. She wants Betsy as her champion. She wants the Captain Britain corpse. She wants to conquer Asgard, other world, all the realms. She's that girl. That is interesting. You know, I feel like they use um, Morgan Le Fay a lot for like the non-Saturnine sorceress in Excalibur. <laughs> but I feel like using Enchantress would be really good be- and interesting because it would be a different type of magic that she's bringing into Excalibur. You know, mm-hmm. she's bringing Asgardian magic. Um, and then you got, that way you get to actually talk about the differences between all of those. And um, Enchantress and- is one of those girls where like, she kind of she, she kind of fits everywhere. She does, you can put her anywhere. It's like, despite her being so tied to Asgard, she truly does fit everywhere. And I love that about her. Yeah. I mean, her motivations are her own, so you could put her anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're not tied to some man. <laughs> you know, she wants Thor. She doesn't need Thor or any other man. Okay. Say that. <laughs> that is a word. Um, okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So my relaunch this week is kind of similar to yours in a way (laughs) um so this is i would like to see more of count nefaria so uh okay count nefaria's name is lucino nefaria and he was like a crime boss like think like old school like crime mafia in new york um but he like wanted more power and wanted to be able to like also have like superpowers so he ended up like being um 
discredited or whatever from and kicked out of the crime mob and he while while he's down on his luck he like uses a lot of his money and he hires um the living laser power man and whirlwind to be like his new like bodyguards or whatever like they're the new lethal legion um and i'm going to talk about them later that'll be a different a different relaunch um but nefaria like hires them and then he tells them that he can increase all of their powers with this like uh machine that was the old machine used to create wonder man so mm. uh, uh zemo created wonder man with this machine that like made wonder man ionic like powered um the machine was destroyed but of course zemo had an assistant and um nefaria ends up using getting the assistant to like recreate the machine or whatever so he could use it on these on his new lethal legion to increase their powers little did they know he wasn't increasing their powers for them he increased their powers and took their powers for himself so they were like had these increased powers went out and tried to fight the avengers um then their powers started to like wane and literally they know they were all actually being transferred to nefarious so that's how he became super strong like power man he could shoot uh, lasers from his eyes, like from the living laser, and he could fly and was super fast, um, which he got from Whirlwind. Um, now he becomes like pretty powerful, like so powerful the Avengers can't beat him. <laughs> like they even have to, <laughs> they got to bring Thor around to fight him, and even that wasn't enough. Um, he is so strong, he stopped Thor's hammer when Thor like threw it at him, like with all of his might. So they have to like. They can't kill him or per se, they have to like just knock him out and like figure out ways around him. So he's really powerful, but his ionic powers also like make, not only make him immortal because he's like, like Wonder Man, he's like part energy. He ends up becoming like, like it like leaks. He needs to like always have this serum to like keep his energy form going. Um, okay. Um, and he, later has his daughter helping him and i'm not sure many people know this but his daughter is madam mask uh whitney frost um so yeah so madam mask is his daughter and i would relaunch him and kind of bring him around and have him like really going coming back to get more energy stuff probably something to do with wonder man um, and make him more of a villain for wonder man and bring madam mask around as like his like assistant and I wouldn't have her do the whole oh uh, maybe I might be good and she falls in love with Wonder Man thing no I'd make her like a legit villain <laughs> and she <laughs> is she's riding with her dad and stuff like that so yeah I'd bring okay. Count, Count Nefaria back and I'd also have him have the Magi which were his um the the like criminal organization he was a part of I'd bring them back and have him like be the head crime boss of them um you know mm-hmm. have him be reinstated with them and probably update them as well and give them more like a better weapons and stuff to use than just a black tuxedo and <laughs> a gun <laughs> okay that's <laughs> you know? interesting I, yeah um, I think I'd raise up their profile I don't have too much knowledge of Count Nefaria. I think one of the major storylines that I can remember him from, he was actually in Moon Knight. Um, oh, yes. He he fought Moon Knight during the Bendis run. I do not recommend that. Um, but he also killed Echo in that run as well. So Yeah, he's very, very powerful and does not care about killing anybody. Um, yeah. I would also have this all taking place on the West Coast, uh, probably in LA, like where they had 
um, most of the Count Nefaria stuff recently, and with yeah, that, Wonder Man, too, no, Wonder Man is L.A. Oh, they did, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moon Knight was living in L.A. at the time as, like, a film producer or something like that, and so that's how they came across each other. Yeah, I would have it out on the West Coast. Just change the scenarios that they have all the time in New York and, you know, switch up the scene. <laughs> I do I do enjoy when um, books like go to the West Coast and go to other places sometimes. I don't know why I'm moving yeah. from, Like even when the X-Men were hanging out in San Francisco, that was like a really good time. Yeah, I feel like you could change up the locations. We should have a like a location panel soon and talk about maybe yes. our favorite places. I would enjoy that. Fun. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but that's my relaunch. I would uh, bring Count Nefaria back and raise up the profile of the Magia, I think that's how you pronounce them. I've always said Magia, whatever. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I would bring (laughs) them back around and uh, make them more of a threat. I think uh, Marvel needs some bigger villains anyway, so. That is true. That is true. Okay, I like that. I'm into it. You know, I love a good villain, especially a good villain who's like evil and doesn't care about being evil. You know, and I feel like Marvel just needs really needs to get some more light on their villains. And they have some great ones that they could really just need some reconfiguring or a relaunch. (laughs) All right, everybody, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, Please make sure you rate and subscribe us on wherever you get your podcast at Apple, uh, Spotify, Google. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at another relaunch. You can also find us online you can email us any of your questions concerns your own relaunches you may want us to read at another relaunch at gmail.com uh you can find me on twitter and other social media pl- platforms at uncanny lz uh, keenan where can they find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at keenan lance with an underscore at the end yes yes all right y'all um i'm gonna get out of here and go outside and enjoy the sunshine so <laughs> i'm out oh <laughs> Peace.